Hello, welcome to the Cosmic Eye Show. I am Jason Napolitano and on the line, Mr. Chris Sheridan. How are you, Chris? I'm doing great. It's another Sunday night and I think this is, uh, we're doing some weird lockdown in Los Angeles now. Really? A weird I lockdown? Know. Yeah, I thought there was already happening, but I guess there's like another one. And it's, uh, yeah, so, so that's where the state of things are, but you know, that's, I think, what we're going to talk about as well. We talked about it last week, but, um, yeah, I'm able to find gold <laughs> within this darkness of the lockdown. Nice, nice. And we'll see if we can pull some of that out. Exactly. Great segue into that, uh, that subject today. So, as Chris mentioned, we're going to be talking about the idea of the alchemical gold, the alchemical gold. So, we mentioned that in our last uh, podcast. Um, the Lessons from the Lockdown podcast, so you can go back and check that out. Uh, but one of our listeners actually requested that we expand on that idea of alchemical gold, so we're going to do a whole show on it. Um, so we've got some interesting things to talk about today that I think are going to be really helpful for you guys, so you know, stick with us, bear with us as we, uh, as we range through the alchemical uh, symbolism and look at some of these different ideas and see how we can apply them to our lives. Uh, I'm the author of If You Can Worry, You Can Meditate. Chris is the author of The Spirit in the Sky. Uh, we're at CosmicEye.org. And if you'd like to make a donation to us, we're at uh, anchor.fm slash CosmicEye. And you can donate uh, to us uh, through there. And we would greatly appreciate if you could. And we thank you all who are donating. We appreciate you guys very much. Thanks so much. Blessings to you. Um, so with further, without further ado, we're going to jump into the interesting world of alchemical gold all right so let's let's frame this first chris um just by talking a little bit about the idea of what the alchemical gold is kind of where we're going to end up in other words the sort of goal of this and what the purpose is and what it's going to kind of mean to you uh as a listener and then uh and then we'll kind of set out on the journey and end up there um in that in that at the end, we'll, 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 we'll wrap it up with some, some sort of useful ideas that you can, you can put, to, uh, put to practical use in your own life in terms of understanding some of the theoretical knowledge, right? Yeah, be your own alchemist. Exactly. exactly. Necessary. <laughs> so talk then a little, and, I'll, uh, and then I'll follow up, uh, a little bit about the idea of what this alchemical gold is, uh, if, if, if people are not familiar with that. Well, the gold is the goal. It's the end result of the, account, the alchemical process. And it, it is a process. It is some series of things that need to be done in different ways uh, to transform lead into gold. That's the old medieval um, symbolic uh, image of this. And you could say, well, that was foolhardy. They're trying to take lead and turn it into another metal. Uh, or as a precursor to chemistry, alchemy. Um, but this is, it's, it's so much more than that. Um, whether or not you're actually transforming this piece of metal into this other piece of metal, the point is that there's a transformation. And it's very scientific. That's the law of thermodynamics, that energy cannot be created or destroyed. It can only be transformed. So we're, we're dealing in that realm of a transformation. And to fast forward, I guess, all the way to the, the personal goal, uh, with that, being your own alchemist and going through this process and recovering and refining and transforming 
you're led into this alchemical gold that is within you. It is a process. And that's one of the great things about transformation is you don't really need to get anything uh, from anywhere. It's you already have it. Uh, even it might be in its lead state now. I'm going to refine it into this golden state because what is gold compared to lead even as a metal? You know, that the gold is you know, shiny, it's valuable, it doesn't tarnish. You could bend it, twist it, melt it, and it's still gold. It doesn't change into something else. It's still gold. Uh, it's an element, conducts electricity. I mean, there's, there's a lot of properties to it. And lead's, well, it's heavy and it's, you know, tarnishes very easily. It's soft. It's not a good for, you know, for construction or things like that. Um, so it's this transformation not only implies, but uh, it's to recognize the what you have, whatever it is in your life, in your personal life, or in, you know, say your outer world, that you have already within you uh, this gold. And it is through transformation, it becomes um, from the old state into this refined, it can't be tarnished, valuable state in all, in any aspect of your life. So that's kind of where where we're going, I think. <laughs> no, exactly. All right. uh, yeah, no, for sure. And so it's, it's interesting. Where I went. So. <laughs> where you went. And so that's where we're going. Come along. <laughs> exactly. I'm going along for the ride, man. Uh, great point. Uh, the, other, the other thing, too, to think about uh, is the, I like how you use the word transformation. They also use the word transmutation, which is another interesting way of looking at that. Uh, so it's taking something that already exists and sort of mutating into something else and metamorphosis occurs. So for example, if you think about the, uh, the caterpillar turning into the butterfly, butterfly-ness was inherently in that caterpillar and it just took the process, that alchemical process when it goes into its cocoon uh, and, and you know, literally turns black, liquefies itself and turns into a completely different creature. Uh, but the but the butterflyness, as it were, is an inherent property within that caterpillar. In the same way, uh, as this alchemical gold is is a goal, but it's also the material that we're working with at the same time, and that's the weird thing to get your head around. Uh, so they talk about the idea of the prima materia. Uh, it's a sort of primal material that we're working with. Sometimes it's thought of as consciousness. Um, there's other the symbolic ideas associated with it, and so on. But it's, it's, it's the goal, it's the process, and it's the material you're working with all at the same time. And that's where uh, you've got to open up your mind because it's contradictory. And this is one of these things where, um, you know, Jung talked about this quite a bit as a sort of a, a holding the opposites, holding the opposites, in other words. So you don't, you, you know, you don't kind of get stuck in one or the other, yes or no. Uh, black or white, uh, you know, spiritual or material, you, you find yourself in the midpoint between those two and you hold those opposites and it creates a new a perspective, a new dimension. And that's part of the, uh, part of the process. So this idea though of alchemy, why uh, Jung and why a lot of people today uh, still find it so valuable is that for Jung himself, C.G. Jung, the great Swiss psychologist, um, found that in his own process of what he called individuation, this process whereby you're, um, you're, you're, you're finding that basically it's a process of self-realization. You're realizing that, that, that there's something greater within you. 
that is running the show. Uh, another way of looking at this idea of the al alchemical opus, as it were, the alchemical work, is creating a, a flip, in a sense, between the ego and the self. So first you're creating this kind of axis whereby you know, you're putting into relationship the ego, your ego, your sort of day-to-day -day thinking with the self, and the self is, is, is the higher self. It's the organizing principle. It's an archetypal principle. It's the sort of uh, God-like part of yourself, the spiritual part of yourself, that eventually you will be allowing to run the show if you, if you do this, this work properly. That, that really is the goal. And so it's, it's the transformation of ego into the self, but the ego's still there and the self is kind of running things. And it's, you know, it's a different, it's a different category. Something new has taken place. A complete transmutation has taken place in consciousness. Um, so, you know, that's kind of a, a long, a long way around, but I wanted to get into that a little bit. Again, uh, I, I skipped over this so a little bit, uh, back into the whole, the whole idea of alchemy as a, as a symbolic, um, language that can be used for this, this process. Jung felt, uh, that in his process of individuation, that this alchemical symbolism that he ran across in these medieval manuscripts and so on. Uh, by the way, some of which he borrowed from Manly uh, Hall, um, directly uh, represented the things that he went through in a way that really he had a hard time describing in language. So he used the language and symbolism of alchemy to describe this process of transformation, this process of individuation um, through this alchemical language. And so again, the idea of gold is, is two things. So gold can also be called, and there's many, many names for alchemical gold, uh, the philosopher's stone, the tincture, our gold, um, the, you know, the, the, the magnum opus, the, the great work, they sometimes call it, they call that, alchemy is called the great work, but also it is, you know, the great work is sort of um, coming to fruition uh, in this idea that, you know, the sun, uh, is another symbol of gold. Uh, and so, so in addition, gold is also, is also a masculine principle. So as you're, as, you're, as you're working through, and this is where alchemy can become kind of confusing because symbols have multiple meanings. Uh, it's also the masculine principle. So then what you want is a balance between soul and luna, sun and the moon, to create what's called the conjunctio, the conjunctio or the conjunction of those two things, sort of a merging of those two opposites into a new thing. And that's part of that transmutation process. And then that creates the philosopher's stone, this new sort of indestructible light body, as it were, you know, if you want to describe it as that, there's so many different sort of mythical and and mythological and symbolic terms to use for it, but it's a, it's a new level of consciousness uh, that's achieved, a new level of wholeness that's achieved, right? So, all right, yeah, so a new level of being, you know, level of being. to kind of make the distinction, I, th I think, you know, as we go on, we're probably gonna be talking about two, in a way it's two different types of <laughs> alchemical process. Um, one where there's the sevenfold uh, you know, heating and cutting and diluting and distilling and burning and all the things you would think of an alchemist in their lab with the retorts and the burners and the tubes and everything. 
Uh, and then there's also this a little more direct that is the unification of the opposites. Uh, the same thing happens. Uh, maybe this one is like maybe taking, you know, light through a prism and it splits in seven colors, you know, so this alchemical process where the planets uh, is in these different stages. But yes, essentially it's taking the opposites and uh, connecting them, um, reconnecting them. They already are anyway, but it's uh, what we have or what we're separated from, uh, reunifying um, with this larger self that's beyond um, just the parts. But um, but yeah, let's get into that. Let's get into this, the masculine and feminine with the, perhaps the sun and the moon as being the gold and the silver. Um, maybe start with that one and move to the other one as we progress. Yeah, no, great idea. Uh, so yeah, as you said, so it's a couple of the symbols for masculine and feminine in alchemy, and there are many, are sun and moon, and in, in Latin, that's sol and luna, uh, gold and silver, uh, obviously male and female, um, you know, fire and water, that any of the pairs of opposites, as it were, uh, are all good candidates for the masculine and feminine. Um, they also um, stand in for the idea of the material and the spiritual, uh, so the, the, the masculine is generally the spiritual and the, the feminine is the material. Of course, the feminine being known as the, you know, the womb of creation. It's, you know, the idea is that you would not have material existence without, without the feminine. So it's, 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 the, it's the, the, the womb from which materiality comes in essence. Um, so you have this, um, this balance between them. And yet at the same time, then you've got this idea of spirit or light cutting through light and darkness or other, other, uh, symbols that are used for this. Uh, so the the idea again is not um, is the symbolic ideas, these the the mythological ideas of masculine and feminine, um, and then psychologically, psychologically we look at that in in different levels. So that might represent the conscious mind and the unconscious mind. Uh, it could represent if you're a male, the sort of uh, feminine qualities within. Uh, you know, in, in, in Jungian terms, the, again, we've talked about this before, but it's the idea of the anima and animus, the anima being the, uh, the feminine soul quality in a man, uh, the animus being the masculine soul quality uh, in a female, and then again, the balancing occurs when those two things are brought into alignment. Uh, so in, in essence, then, you know, this idea of the masculine and feminine, psychologically speaking, is is, is is creating a conscious, a conscious relationship between the conscious, conscious mind and the unconscious mind. So it's creating a, a, a relationship and an understanding and a, and a balance between the conscious mind, the ego, the persona side of things, you know, who you think you are, who you represent yourself as to the world and so on. And then the unconscious, which is where the shadow is and the the drives which exist within you, the unconscious potentiality that's within you and all that, um, and creating a relationship between those two. And that could be thought of as a, as a, as a communitio itself. So, you know, this, the symbolism, you can't pin it down to just one thing, you know, oh, it means masculine and feminine. Oh, it means conscious and unconscious. Oh, it means, you know, light and dark. Uh, it means all those things and much more. And then of course the communitio or the balancing or the, or the, uh, the, the process that occurs whereby those two things are then turned into that the yin-yang symbol, the taiji symbol, uh, 
uh, which you've talked about extensively before. Um, and may, if you want, talk about that a bit more after I'm done, because I'll be done in one second. Uh, but that represents that perfect balance between those two things. Uh, so let me hand it over to you. I, I kind of got long-winded there. Oh, yeah, no, that's great. And a great uh, send-off. Uh, another image that is used quite a bit with the masculine and feminine, the king and queen, because a, a lot of these alchemical tracts, at least in the West, uh, came from you know, medieval eras, uh, maybe 500 years ago, 600 years ago. And, uh, and you know, throughout, throughout a span of time, uh, and the, but the resulting between the king and the queen, the resulting uh, you know, gold when these two opposites are unified is the hermaphrodite. And it would be an image of a half woman, half male in the you know, physical sense, in the body, you know, the anatomical um, depiction, let's call it that. Uh, and, but really what this is, the hermaphrodite is Hermes and Aphrodite uh, joined. So Hermes being wisdom, great wisdom, um, and Aphrodite being great beauty and love, uh, that you know, through this beauty and love, the wisdom uh, is properly directed uh, and not towards destruction. Um, and with uh, the strength and the wisdom you know, of Hermes, Aphrodite then is able to express herself in the fullest way. Um, so that's a, a, an image that comes up and it's, it's kind of on the nose, the Hermaphrodite, Hermes, Aphrodite, but don't forget the psychological. A lot of the visuals, even the lead and the gold, uh, as far as being metals, uh, metallic elements, uh, really it's still a symbolism for what's going on inside you. Yeah. One in your life, um, what's, you know, your leaden feelings uh, that are dragging you down, holding you back to the bottom of the ocean. That's you know, that's why deep sea divers wear lead so they can sink to the bottom of the ocean. So it's, you know, we're not talking lofty things here, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, and then what's gold? It's golden, you know, when you, you know, can smile and share something that you enjoy or you're able to help somebody or whatever makes you happy. Um, you know, that golden bringing out your best, you know, how can you bring, you know, peace and love to a, you know, a, a tense situation, you know, you're bringing your gold, you know, um, bring on your good stuff, you know, use the good silver. Um, so, um, you know, but this, you know, unification of the opposite, and I think that Tai Chi, the yin yang symbol um, is such a stark uh, and, you know, very useful diagram for seeing this, that, you know, not only they, as much as they are opposite and they are, as far as colors go, they are so interconnected that, and you wouldn't be able to see one without the other. Like, uh, like an artist, uh, or if you say, if you wrote a, a red sign uh, using red letters on a red background, you wouldn't be able to read it. Um, you have to have this contrast, the figure in the ground. Uh, if you don't have that, you don't see an image. And there's no form. So this, you know, this, the opposites are so necessary, but the mistake we make uh, in our human lives is that these opposites are um, mutually exclusive, right? Um, I just want my end of the opposite. I want that other opposite to go away <laughs> uh, or, or to cease to exist uh, or to convert to, to my side of it. And that's not how opposites work. Um, that's you know, the opposite of the definition of, of, of what that means. Uh, so although they are opposing, they don't exist without each other. Yeah, you can't, you, know, you can't have left without right, can't have up without down, um, inside and outside, you know, all these things. So they depend on each other. 
actually not mutually exclusive they are you know intensely dependent and interdependent um, because they are caused by each other uh, so it's a different way of looking at things and that's what this alchemical process you can you know you say look at the red and the blue states you use a current event with uh, elections and political alliances you know unfortunately we have this seemingly you know dual dualistic um, political system where there's this one or that one and that's really only the viable choices so you're stuck in this you know kind of eternal gridlock um but it's i think if everyone just sort of met each other <laughs> or saw that the blue is actually part of the red and the red is actually within the blue um it, it's a whole different way of looking at yourself and the world and uh, even things like political you know systems that seem to be pervasive now that's a great point and then you know you, you the, really there's a there's a third sort of third type of consciousness that comes out of that that's the transcending that's that holding of the opposites uh, between the, between those two different points of view and then you, you know you're creating a, a synthesis really um, and that comes into that idea of the dialectic the, the thesis and the antithesis and then the synthesis is the, the resolution that occurs uh, when those two things are in dialectic sort of um, uh, relationship to each other right I think it's from Hegel if I'm not mistaken yeah. so, Hegelian uh, dialectic. Um, so, and, and of course, they, they took that, that idea up in, uh, in, in Marxist thought as well, uh, in a different way. So, I think uh, it's important, let's get back to the idea of the alchemical gold again. I liked what you brought up at the very beginning, and I liked what we were talking about before we got on to do the show, that this idea is this, this alchemical gold, uh, the philosopher's stone, the goal itself, you know, the transcendence that you're seeking, this consciousness that you are trying to achieve is not something that is outside yourself that you're putting in. It's not something that you have to get. It's not something that you're, you know, you're going out and finding on a mountaintop and isn't available, you know, in, in Manhattan at the, uh, you know, at the Greek restaurant you work at or whatever. It's, it's like, it's something that's inherently part of you already that that is um, is is there to be transmuted. It's there to be to be excavated from within, you know. And then again, this 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 language of alchemy, and it's so rich and it's so hard uh, in a you know in a short show like we have to really get into the uh, the, the depth of it because it's such a vast subject. Um, I do want to recommend, we talked about it before, go back and uh, check out our show on, uh, anatomy of the psyche, uh, where we talked about, uh, Edinger's book, uh, Edward Edinger. That is an excellent, uh, Chris, you talked about that seven step process and Edinger lays that out in a really clear way. Of course, there's, there's, there's different schemas of how many steps there are to this alchemical, uh, gold, uh, and you know they they vary, of course, in their in in the in in their order and and number and so on. But they base follow follow a basic structure. Uh, we won't get into that too much. Uh, but just know that there is a that this this stands for. It's a similar idea. I think most people that are listening will understand this. It's a similar idea to the to the chakras, uh, for example. It's a sort of leveled system whereby different things are occurring and different levels of consciousness are being achieved in essence. Sort of like moving up a ladder, I guess you could imagine it as. And of course, it's not really actually, you know, a material thing that's occurring necessarily, but 
but there are there are physiological processes that do seem to occur with with rising levels of consciousness as well so you can't dismiss that and that's where the the, the chemistry part of alchemy comes into play uh, but but it is this system whereby you're moving through these different stages of understanding and consciousness and you know there's a there's a sort of uh, there's different things that occur in them and, and they're helpful in the same way that like the hero's journey is helpful and we spoke about that before as well uh, so you can go back and check that out but they're just ways to kind of orient yourself uh, to see what's going on in your life and what you might need to work on uh, in order to move forward if you're if you're stuck in a certain thing uh, so like for example there's there's like the first step it'll just go I'll just touch on that lightly uh, it's called calcinatio or calcinatio, uh, and it is a sort of burning off of the dross, as it were. And so, you know, it's a process. Like if you think about it in your life, if you're going through some heat, heated, passionate, really emotional type stuff where it seems like you're sweating things out and things are really, you know, hot. You're hot under the collar, as they say. Different things like that with you know ideas of heat and melting things away and burning things off and so on are associated with this process and so you can imagine that that this alchemical gold is going through this process as it were of burning off the impurities burning off the impurities right uh do you want to touch on that a little bit well yeah and that's something the alchemist had to keep in mind uh as well uh, and really that's essentially what it's for is that the alchemist the one conducting the experiment the process uh, is also purified. It can be, you know, washing of the hands, clearing of the mind, so you bring all these thoughts and other ideas. You're really working with the material itself and these great archetypal processes that, you know, like fire, like heating up. And also think of like uh, sterilizing something. Even when you wash the dishes, you know, you're going to use hot water because you're going to, you know, clean the glasses and the plates so the next time you use them, they're, they're fresh. Um, you know, sterilizing before going into surgery, um, there's a, it's a, it's for the, uh, say even in the laboratory, you know, all the retorts and the bottles and the burners and the, or the writer is sort of an alchemist of, of words, you know, pulling these out from the ether and putting them, you know, but you have to start with a blank page or the artist does. So this alchemical process comes up a lot, uh, but starting with a blank slate. So your, the process is clear. Um, it's, and that's one level. There's going to be lots of clearing out and <laughs> refinement as, as it goes on. Uh, but the thing to keep in mind, I think, is really that yourself. You're not bringing a lot of um, ideas or prejudices or uh, things of the day. It's you're dedicated to this work because it is a great work. It is a great work. That's, you know, again, they called it the magnum opus. It's a lifetime of uh, of work. And so, you know, whether you're uh, going through the process of individuation and working with a therapist or you know, you're doing uh, meditation and, and work on the self, uh, yoga, uh, different types of study, uh, you know, or, or you're, you know, you're a dedicated artist and art is part of your, your, your processing of, of the information or maybe you're a musician or, um, you know, you're a, an entrepreneur and part of your process in your life is, you know, is, is bringing, you know, a spiritual side into your, into your work, let's say. Uh, again, it's, it's, it's a process of, um, of, of purification and, and, and learning and growth. And so by purification, we mean, okay, so if, if I find that, um, you know, maybe the way that I've been living, uh, 
I mean, you think about this, like your diet as a good example of that, you know, a purification of diet would mean uh, I'm going to get rid of, you know, all these uh, deep fried foods and I'm not going to try to eat too much, you know, fatty meats. And, uh, you know, I'm going to get away from, uh, from gluten if that's bad for me. And, you know, I'm going to try to uh, get enough fresh vegetables and all this, you know, there's a purification of diet. We can understand that a purification, for example, of, uh, from drugs and alcohol it means, okay, if I need to, you know, if I'm an addict and I need to get away from that, I need to purify myself of that. I need to clear out my system. I need to clear out my mind, body, and spirit of the need for this, uh, this thing. If it's, you know, if I'm addicted to, to shopping, let's say, or that kind of lifestyle or materialist lifestyle, and I feel like, wow, this is just, it's overwhelming me. And so much of my time is spent on, um, you know, trying to gather things up and buy things and, you know, work, uh, you know, so many extra hours so I can get in and, you know, and, and, and pay all this debt on all these, you know, clothes I'm buying at, uh, at Saks Fifth Avenue or something, if they're still in business, I have no idea. But, you know, whatever. It's like one of these things where, you know, you realize like you're purifying your, your actions, you're purifying your mind, you're purifying your behavior and transmuting them into a new way of doing things. And again, it's, it's, it's a, it's a sort of a balancing act. And I was, I was thinking when you were talking a little bit earlier, and I forgot to mention this about the masculine and found about the sun and the moon. The other idea uh, that's very important in Jungian work is the idea of eros or eros and, um, and logos. So the logos principle is like the idea of the word uh, definition. It's sort of logical thinking. It's, it's clarity. It's kind of, kind of uh, defining things out and there's a certain amount of decision that's involved with it whereas uh the the eros or eros principle is like desire and love it's got a nurturing quality and a passion to it it's more emotional those two things need to be in balance when i think of masculine and feminine in terms of the mythological as those kinds of ideas or principles the logos and eros principles uh, that's kind of a good way to look at it. And, you know, another way you've, you've said this before and Manly Hall was really fond of, of saying this. It's the, it's the heart and mind being in alignment. Yeah. That's where I was going. I, yeah, you got there. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Talk about uh, that a little because I, I Carolyn, want... yeah, yeah. Carolyn Mace calls it the uh, congruency uh, when your head and your heart uh, are more lined up uh, and they're talking to each other and, um, and bringing out the best in each other, the masculine, the feminine, masculine being the head, you know, the idea is, you know, and then the heart being the, you know, the part where, you know, the flows to the entire body, you know, from the heart, every, you know, bit of your body has some, you know, blood vessel <laughs> that uh, is connected to the heart. Um, and this connection, uh, also, like the yin yang, and you just go back to that symbol with the Tai Chi, where in the black part there's a, a white dot, and in the white part there's a black dot that there's the seed of the other in each one of them. And like that, the heart and mind, um, you know, if you think too much, um, doesn't your head hurt? Uh, and also in the heart, you know, don't you know something in your heart? So, you know, the heart can have wisdom, you know, this heart mind. Uh, and also the mind uh, can, is capable of great feeling. Um, it's when they're both operating together and like I said, bringing out the best in each other. Cause a lot of times what happens when we're not conscious of this and we're sort of, you know, unindividuated um, or we're not conscious again of, of what we're doing, you know, the, the heart can hijack the head and convince it 
something it wouldn't logically ordinarily do. Um, because of this wound, we're feeling something so, so deep. Or, you know, the head can squash, you know, the soul's longing with logic and responsibility, and I have to do this, and sense of duty and, and whatnot, or whatever excuse it can come up with. Uh, so they're working together anyway, <laughs> your head and your heart all the time. It's somebody has to be a little more of the parent, and that's through this process, this philosopher's stone, the individuation, the alchemical process, right? This gold that's created is that uh, wise part, this connecting uh, element that will, uh, you know, make sure they're both operating and, like I said, bringing out the best. Yeah, it's it's that idea of the self as a mediator, in a sense, or a yeah. or a, a transmuting agent, um, and and a kind of a uh, the the balance point really, uh, and that moves that moves beyond the opposites. It, tra it transcends the opposites, and you know, in that in that case, uh, it sees it sees above and beyond it. And so, you know, you can see where these these ideas are, are very practical. I like the idea too of alchemy as um, it, it, it appeals to me, and I think it probably appeals to to a lot of people uh, uh, because the, the the idea of the experimentation. Uh, with it. it it feels like it's it's a it's such a great um metaphor for 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 process and for making mistakes and for learning from those mistakes and for you know for continuing to persevere uh you can just imagine the alchemist uh in, in the lab working on these experiments and trying to you know create some new solution or you know distill something down and you know the first time it's it's burnt because it was too hot and the second time you know there was too much liquid in it and it you know it dissipated or something in that fashion you know you can see these different things occurring but the alchemist just keeps at it and i like that idea and you think also it's a the other idea that's so powerful in alchemy is it's it's a it's a, it's a sort of solo endeavor you know so that yes you may have a helper you know you may have someone that's working with you but it's probably only going to be one person uh, in the alchemy lab um, and yeah, you know, that's a good point. Uh, a lot of the work was done in secrecy for obvious reasons, yeah, uh, or and some not so obvious reasons, um, uh, you know, because it was it could be dangerous to be an alchemist at certain places and certain times. Uh, but yes, it is a deeply uh, spiritual in a way um, process. Uh, it's like the writer, uh, a lot of writers and artists, sculptors. Uh, musicians, when you're writing, you know, you're a lot of times you're just alone, alone, alone in your own world, um, working on this stuff, bringing out, you know, pulling gold out from the keys of the piano. You know, um, but yes, that's I wanted to latch on that because that is a, and so is the process of individuation. You know, it's it is yeah. something that ultimately, um, and that's great that we we can participate and be we have to uh, be part of it. Um, but it's okay that it's a process. And I love what you're saying about uh, how it's okay to make mistakes. And this is how you learn and grow through this experimentation. Um, and it's okay to be alone because really you're not alone because you're dealing with these archetypal forces. And that's where it gets really interesting. Absolutely. And, you know, in being alone, you develop a relationship to the unconscious where these archetypal um, powers live. And you create a relationship to them that you would not be able to get out in the kind of material world in the day-to-day -day world that you're in. And so this is why 
uh, again, kind of piggybacking on what we were talking about, lessons from the lockdown uh, two that we were, you know, that we spoke on. If you want to go back and listen to that, check it out. Uh, but, uh, you know, so people these days, uh, most of us are spending more time by ourselves and more time in isolation. And so this alchemical idea can really be a valuable one to, to latch on to, um, to think about your life as this sort of, um, or to think about yourself as an alchemist of your own life. And, and you know, you've really got to be you got to be diligent. You got to keep a positive attitude. You've got to get a connection to spirit, you know, to God, to the higher, higher source in order to find this wisdom. There's got to be a certain amount of love and passion for your own life and for, for the process itself. Um, there's got to be a goal that you're trying to reach. And this goal then is this, 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 you know, becoming an individuated person, becoming uh, you know, creating the, the philosopher's stone, you know, achieving the alchemical gold, as it were. Um, you know, and, and that can mean different things to different people. You've got to personalize that for yourself, what this alchemical gold is. So, you know, it's going to be different things at different times in your life, I, I, I think, you know, because it's, you know, there's processes and stages, and this is an, you know, an endless experiment life. You know, you don't finish, like, all of a sudden, you know, you're, you know, you're 67 years old and you've discovered the alchemical gold and now you're done. It's like, you know, that's a level of consciousness that you've achieved and there's a, there's a certain consciousness that uh, is beyond what, you know, we can describe or whatever. But then that, of course, opens up to something else. And what that is, you know, we, we can't, you know, we don't, you can't describe it. And so, you know, there's always, there's always more and that's, that's the beauty of life and that's the mystery of life that when you open up one realm of consciousness, then you see, you know, a hundred more after that and different, different levels of experience that are possible to, uh, to, to, to participate in. And so again, it, it, it is like, you know, if you can personalize it for yourself, the alchemical gold could be, you know, a goal that you have um, to be a more peaceful person overall, it could be a goal that you have to be, you know, to integrate your, your anger, uh, so that you can express that anger in an assertive way, but not in a, uh, you know, in an outburst or in some kind of, uh, you know, or just burying it or something like that. And so this is where, again, these balancings come into play. Uh, and this is why it's so challenging for people to dig that gold out is because most of the time, uh, this gold is in the shadow, as we spoke on before. Uh, in many episodes, we have a whole episode that we did on the shadow. You can check that out again. I'm, I'm, I'm referring you to a lot of other podcasts, but these will just help unlock these because these are all uh, interesting and important subjects unto themselves. But this shadow is this part of ourselves that we don't accept or that you know is hidden. Uh, it's a part of us that is 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 kind of dark. And this is where this idea in alchemy is that you're actually taking that thing that you see as ugly about yourself and you're turning it into something beautiful. You're transmuting it into something beautiful. So, so let's say this, you've buried in, in, you know, in the, the shadow, uh, this sort of angry, you know, murderous rage that you often feel towards, you know, other people. And good thing you've buried it because we need that to, to have a civilization. Otherwise we'd be running around hacking at each other with axes. Uh, so, you know, it's good that we do that. However, uh, we also we also have to extract out the the quality of the warrior that's in there. 
the quality of the warrior and whether you're male or female, the quality of the warrior exists within you, you know, that sort of Aries or Mars energy uh, that one needs in the day-to-day -day battle of life, you know, that, that, that is able to, you're able to uh, extract that out, turn it into gold, in other words, create a relationship to it uh, and be able to interact with it in a constructive way, transmute it into something gold. And then that, that, that energy that could have been murderous rage was then turned into assertive uh, competitive spirit or the ability to stand up for yourself against injustice or, you know, even just in a simple thing at work, maybe you're in a meeting and someone's stepping all over your ideas in a meeting and you, you know, you stand up for yourself, say, whoa, hey, you know what, that's not what I meant. I meant this. And you know what, I don't appreciate you stepping on my ideas and this, that, and the other thing. And you're able to stand up for yourself, maybe in a situation where you didn't used to do that. That's part of excavating uh, and turning those sort of dark parts of ourselves into something, uh, for lack of a better word, that's sort of light, it's enlightened, it's conscious, and it's something you can tap into uh, and use for, for uh, constructive purposes, right? Can you think of anything else that might be like that uh, within? I mean, I don't wanna put you on the spot, but I mean, those are, you know, some, something dark that maybe you could turn into something light. Um, well, let me say this. Um, <laughs> This, as far as being an alchemist, and we all have to do this, I would say that everybody has already been an alchemist, whether you realize that or not. If you've ever spent any time in a kitchen, especially if you've ever baked a cake, uh, you have used the alchemical process. Uh, if you take flour, which came from wheat that somebody separated, that's an alchemical process, separation, separatio. Uh, the wheat from the chaff and then grounded it down and now it's flour that you get at a store and you mix that with sugar that came from a beet or a cane and it came for miles uh, and then you take an egg that came from a living chicken and some butter that came from milk from a cow and so on you mix these ingredients together in this laboratory you know it, and you get this mushy mixture uh, where it doesn't look like any of those things anymore. Then it's completely coagulated into some homogenous goop, uh, and it's still not a cake. Then you have to put it in the oven where you close it up in the crucible and you subject it to heat. Uh, again, this calcinato that we talked about. And the process may be repeated several times, or, uh, but then you pull it out, and then you have something wholly different. This cake is a total transformation. You can't see the flour, the sugar, the butter, the eggs, uh, none of that stuff. It's, it's something else. It has become a whole new thing. And, you know, I'd rather eat a cake than, you know, a spoonful of flour and then raw egg. I mean, that's just not going to work with me. So uh, it's something that we do all the time. Uh, so we're actually, once we get involved in, but we maybe haven't tried doing it with ourselves and our own issues. Um, so uh, a lot of people deal with, say, like negative self-talk. Uh, it's been studied, it's been verified uh, that we do have this internal dialogue, uh, and a lot of the times it's negative about ourselves, and a lot of the times we're not aware of it. Uh, so one, part of this alchemical process, when you're really working on yourself, bringing out and transforming uh, yourself into this golden aspect uh, is it you have to be aware you have to listen listening is part of this process listening to yourself 
listening to the words you're saying to yourself. Uh, so that's a place to start. That is something that's very dark. Uh, it's also dark it's, if it's unconscious, if you're not aware of it, it's in the dark, like you're in the dark. You don't even know how bad you're talking about yourself. Um, so that's a dark thing that shining this light of conscious awareness. Like, I'm going to look, did I just say that? Did I just think that? You know, or somebody cuts you off in traffic and you're like, you just, you have this image of, you know, well, which baseball bat am I going to use on it? You know, or something is like, well, wait a minute, I shouldn't be shopping for a baseball bat in my mind when, you know, somebody just made a mistake on the freeway. But, um, but I like that assumption, which baseball bat. Not <laughs> it wasn't whether or not it, yeah, that was, the system was already made. That was great. That was great. So, yeah, you know, aluminum or wood, I don't know. So, oh. Um, so many choices, but uh, but you know what I'm saying. It's just to yeah. me, sometimes we catch ourselves. You know, my like, God, was I thinking that over what over? You know, so you know, wasn't that big of a deal? Uh, but when you're aware of it, it might be embarrassing to you know reveal to yourself what you're thinking or saying uh, in your inner dialogue. Uh, but that's when you're that's the point of contact. That's yeah. when you're working the lab. That's when you're working the process, becoming aware of something, and then say, well, geez, maybe I shouldn't think like that. Maybe I could think of something, I have something to replace that, or shift the thought this way. Maybe you're more and more aware, so you don't go down that road and have to catch yourself off guard. You're more on guard. That's, again, this process working, and it may be in a period of time that what used to trigger, um, you know, a very horrible reaction and the worst ones are the ones that we do about ourselves, not just somebody out there that has poor driving habits, but uh, judgments uh, or false beliefs that maybe were instilled years ago by somebody else when we were very young uh, that we've been carrying around that you know we almost don't even notice because it's become so ingrained. Uh, you might you know, to go through this process, those old things will not only seem like bad thoughts. Uh, or bad things to say about yourself, they, they wouldn't even be an issue. They wouldn't even be in the realm of possibilities because you've gone so far beyond them. So that's extracting this gold and refining it with, um, you have to use a lot of different tools <laughs> and, um, and it, takes, it takes time. And again, you're, you're never really done. There's just further refinement, uh, further discovery. Uh, yeah, and it's, it's I like, I like, uh... I love your your baking uh, your baking analogy. Uh, I just I see it. It's it's very similar to the idea of alchemy. It's very similar, uh, you know, in steps and it's weighing and it's measuring and it's separating things out and then putting them all together and then you know putting them in the oven and there's a certain amount of time in there and then it comes out something completely uh, completely new. And then like you said, you know, with self talk for example or something else that. Uh, you know, you see as a as a challenge or a problem, if there's some negative self-talk, for example, you know, you're sort of separating that out. Uh, you're weighing it and looking at it and seeing where it fits in your life and you're consciously kind of turning it over and, and looking at it and, you know, in a sense, like combining it with other things and mixing it up in a bowl and then baking it and then it comes out, you know, something new. And then maybe, you know, you're able to transmute that negative self-talk into something neutral and then finally into something something positive and so you can see how this this idea of alchemy can really apply to our our inner life and it really that's what Jung was talking about you know is, is these these psychological processes that 
that occur within us and, and the you know the alchemy gives us a way to to speak about these different things that are going on um and so again that's why i highly recommend this anatomy of the psyche uh, edinger's work i think it's a really readable uh, and useful uh, book for for understanding the process uh, so that then you can kind of take out and 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 move towards these um uh, these different steps so that you can you know apply them to your inner life uh, again so let's get back to uh, this idea and then we'll kind of wrap it up we're going to get back to this idea of of the alchemical gold uh, I wanted to talk about and I want you to you to share as well uh, of the idea of you know again that we're, we're stressing this idea that the gold is something that is already there uh, it's something untarnished within us that exists in this kind of mime uh, or it exists down at the bottom of this sort of, you know, goopy sort of primordial ooze or something like that. But it's something that's there and it's something that is, is pre-existing. It's something that, it, you know, you wouldn't be able to transmute, you know, lead into gold if the lead didn't inherently contain within it the ability to be gold. In other words, it, it permeates it with that potentiality and that sort of archetypal, um, uh, existence within it you know it's for consciousness to 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 be able to uh create create that 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 uh that change that transmutation uh so you know i think it's uh it's important to kind of you know i want you to piggyback on this uh to remember that there's nothing that you can do there's nothing uh there's nothing so so you know no mistake that you can make that's so wrong that that gold does not exist uh you know because there's there's a there's a there's a transmutive and a sort of redemptive quality do you want to uh, carry on with that a little bit well yeah that can all take place in the laboratory and of course in this case the laboratory is our own inner life our own consciousness our thoughts our feelings our beliefs our knowledge our attitudes all these things um, and to work in this laboratory, you know, to get your hands dirty, if, you know, maybe even like baking or some other things, if you have, you know, if the sauce gets too thick, you know, you know, pour a little more water in it. Uh, if it's too runny, uh, take the lid off and, uh, and boil off, you know, some of the excess water. Uh, again, I go back in the kitchen, maybe I'm hungry, I'm not sure, but, um, but, but this, it's very true to this, you know, well, it's the same thing you would do in a laboratory, you boil water, you boil, you know, alcohol, you, you know, extract the hydrogen from the, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a thing, you know, scientists do it all the time. Uh, that's why they have Bunsen burners, okay? That's what that's all about. Uh, and so this kitchen, whether it's the, the laboratory, um, or an actual kitchen, or uh, what's going on inside you. Um, if you move too far one way, well, you just make up for it in another way. And sometimes that's how you know uh, to do something, anything, especially if you're learning something new or experimenting. Uh, the old, in woodworking, the old joke is that, you know, I've sawed this board three times and it's still too short. Uh, <laughs> uh, measure once, you know, measure twice, cut once. Uh, you know, so you learn, you learn as you go, and, and as you go, you grow. Uh, and speaking of growing, I think one of the greatest alchemists uh, around us everywhere is nature. Uh, think of an oak tree. Think of an acorn. There is a giant oak tree that will live 100 years and, you know, tower above houses. 
um, in this tiny acorn that you can fit in your pocket. It's there, uh, but it needs to come out. So you have, it has to be you know, buried in the soil where it gets you know, moisture and then it germinates and then it works its way up to the sun where the light engages the photosynthesis. And you know, there's all these processes, you know, it's totally alchemical going on and it transforms into an oak tree. Uh, but it was in there. And to put a note on this, not only is this prima materia, this, this first material, the original stuff you're working with, with which is you, um, especially if your life is a mess, it's this mess <laughs> that you're working with, or you feel it is, uh, that you're going to make into this gold. And not only does this stuff contain the gold within it, you, as the alchemist, have within you the ability, the knowledge, and can tap in to that larger wisdom that will help you through this process. So you have within you not only the material, but also this wisdom, uh, or you're going to be able to get it as you move through the process, because that's the way you learn and grow is by doing this. Yeah, exactly. And, and, you know, the thing too, to think about the alchemical gold is that, you know, gold is this thing. And I think you talked about this. It's, you know, it's, it's the one uh, metal that cannot be, be, be tarnished by anything. And so, you know, in reality, there's this untarnishable, uh, you know, core, uh, spiritual core, divine part of yourself that uh, regardless of the mistakes that you've made, regardless of the, you know, the, sins you've committed regardless of the you know the challenges and pains that you've faced or the you know the dirt and mud that you've rolled around in and so on uh there is this core of this gold within you and it you know there's a and again there's a redemptive quality to to trying to purify and seek after this alchemical gold that's within yourself you know there's something divine about that and you realize that you are that divinity that can't be tarnished and so there's this idea of redemption and it's almost like the uh, the Christ in you, the hope of glory that that Paul spoke about. It's kind of analogous to that idea that there's this uh, this this consciousness within yourself, and this, this the real core of who you are. That regardless of the stupid things that we do, uh, you know, is still in connection with with God, with the divine spirit, with um, you know the totality, with the whole, the all, whatever you want to call it. Uh, we are part and parcel of that of that of that consciousness, and so you know if you can remember that uh, and work towards you know kind of purifying yourself and moving towards more constructive and positive ends and you know creating a life that acknowledges that gold within yourself and resurrects it within yourself, you know you really can create something magical in your life. Uh, anything else you want to add? Just to what you said about being part of this larger world, this oneness, this unity. Uh, if, we trans if we become whole in ourselves, we also become more connected or have that more feeling or experience of being connected to the whole. And one of the alchemical terms is unus mundus, you know, the one world. Um, that that is also part of this philosopher's stone, this elixir of life, this alchemical gold is that unity of the opposites. Um, of heaven and earth, of God and man, of, uh, of existence and non-existence, uh, that we are all part of that, always part of that, and have that link to that. And 
alchemy is the process by which we, in a way, we're rescuing ourselves from uh, from being separated from that. You know, we're tuning, it's like a, we're out of tune and we're, we're tuning ourselves back up so we can, um, you know, connect with this, uh, this orchestra uh, that we are part of. Uh, so that's just a, a, something to keep in mind that, you know, even when you go into the alchemical process and you wash your hands and clear your mind to, to work uh, in the laboratory of your inner life, uh, that there's this sense of as you go in, you already are connected with this larger existence. And that's the alchemical goal. Great point. Great point. And so, you know, use that, uh, use that uh, to help, you know, steady yourself when you're, you know, you're feeling, uh, you know, off balance and so on. Keep that alchemical gold in mind. Uh, you can also use the, just the idea of the, the alchemist at work in the lab with his experiments, um, you know, testing and making mistakes and, and, and kind of keeping, a, uh, keeping that perspective in a sort of, in, an, in a sense, almost an impersonal view of your life and trying to really not get so caught up in the, uh, the emotional content of, oh, I'm a failure or, or, you know, you know, with one experiment, you call yourself a failure or something. If you think about an alchemist at work, you know, it may take, you know, 10 times, it may take 10,000 times to perfect an experiment. So if you, if you keep that idea of experimentation and equanimity and persistence uh, and apply that to your own life, think of yourself as an alchemist of your own life you know, and an alchemist at work in, in, you know, and out in the physical world and, and perfecting your, your own consciousness within and so on. Uh, that might give you a, a picture, an image to work with and a kind of a metaphor to work with in terms of, um, you know, when you face challenges and so on, you can see yourself, you know, working through it. And, and, and especially when, when we're in this time, like we said, uh, alchemists work alone, they work in isolation. Uh, so if, if you're in isolation and, and you find, uh, that you're uncomfortable with that, you know, dig down, make, uh, make, make the best of it um, and try to really create a, a relationship to those, you know, those archetypal energies within yourself and so on. Uh, but also don't be afraid to reach out for help if you need it. Uh, don't be afraid to, and, and, you know, don't isolate yourself too much, uh, you know, so that you, you know, that you begin to get lost in yourself, things like that. And that's a matter of balance. Again, that's the, that's the balance. Uh, that you're looking for, you know, and try to keep that balance between uh, between heart and mind, between the gold and the silver, between the masculine and feminine, as we say, the king and the queen, uh, and you know, and find that find that uh, that balance within yourself, and then transcend. Uh, so I hope that's of, of value to to everyone. Thank you, Chris, for that uh, uh, that valuable wrap up that you put on the end uh, there, and all your great input today. I appreciate it. Good. Right, thank you. All right, so uh, let us know if there's anything you'd like us to talk about. Um, you know, you can hit us up at info at cosmiceye.com. And uh, uh, you, can, uh, you can also reach us. You can just click, uh, you can go through cosmiceye, excuse me, cosmiceye.org, not .com, .org. Uh, so info at cosmiceye.org. Uh, you can go to the website, uh, cosmiceye.org, and, and contact us through there. Um, you know, again, thank you for listening. We appreciate you guys. And if you can, please donate, uh, anchor.fm slash cosmic eye. Uh, Chris's book is the spirit in the sky. Mine is if you can worry, you can meditate. Those are both available on Amazon. Uh, so thank you for joining us. Uh, check us out on, uh, Friday as well for I'm at Frox Friday show. 
and you know go back and check out some of our early episodes uh like i said we did one on uh, on, on edinger's work anatomy of the psyche uh we, and, and there's other alchemical subjects in there as well that you'll find so uh and again that's a great book so check that out if you want to uh, we will be here again next week with another great subject. I uh, hope everyone is doing well. Uh, take care of yourselves out there. Goodbye and God bless.